be boring. <laughs> well, it's Hello. not going to be boring. Oh, <laughs> welcome back to Diagnosing a Killer, the mental breakdown. The mental breakdown. I'm Coel. <clears throat> and I'm Kenna. That's our normal lives. <laughs> Burping and <laughs> clearing our throat all the fucking time. <laughs> Coming off of the last episode, I think it was kind of interesting because with George Banks, uh, you know, we did talk about the the criminalization and the legal system that all yeah. went into um, the end of his case, which was pretty incredible. So my topic is about the criminalization of mental illness. What? Huh. Yes. It's, it's kind of weird how we do that because... Okay, if you're new here, we don't tell each other what we're doing, case-wise or mental breakdown-wise. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it kind of, like, layers together it sometimes, does. and it rela- relates. And that's funny that we're, you know, it's like, we have, like, telepathy. It's true. Like, it whenever, is. <laughs> it is kind of funny when you start doing your case, and I'm like, that's what my mental breakdown's about, yeah. or vice versa. Same yeah. thing, like, I'll be like, I don't know, I'll be thinking about you or, like, thinking about something, and then you'll fucking call me or text mm-hmm. me, and I'm like, what the hell, get out of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Having a mental illness... Feeling suicidal and having a substance abuse disorder is not a crime. So why do we call 911 when we are concerned about someone's mental health? Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Why do we call 911? Police intervention is not healthcare, yet police officers have often become the front line for mental health crises that we are experiencing as a nation. That's very true. So why? Why is that? I feel like police officers uh, often get blamed for not having enough psychology background or mental health um, awareness or background, whatever, they don't get trained properly in that, quote unquote. Yeah. But it's because that's not what, I mean, yes, of course, they're here to help us with that, but that's not who should be the, you know, the forward facing man. Yeah. We're totally going to talk about that. So they really can't do much about it, honestly, except continue a cycle of criminalization of mental health sufferers, or in a lot of cases, use force and violence that can be extreme. So on an average, a mental health sufferer is 16 times more likely to be killed in an altercation with police than someone who has access to treatment to such disorders. So even if they have the mental disorder, if they have access to the treatment, they're 16 times less likely to be in an altercation with police that'll end in violence or death. Wow. I sounded really gross. Just, whoa. Wow. Wow. Ew, I'm leaving that in there so y'all can hear that. It sounds like the new Metallica song. (laughs) (laughs) Professional psychiatrists dispatched to these kinds of scenes are the only answer when it comes to these kinds of calls. Unless it's Sunday. Yeah, because of Alex. Poor Alex. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, They actually have over 900 hours of experience by the time that they're acquiring their master's degrees. Yeah. So 900 hours of experience. So a trained police officer, again, that might um, have some training in psychiatric care, they usually only have a total of about six hours of training. Oh, my God. So 900 if you have, um, again, a a master's in psychiatry, but six hours for a trained officer. Sure. Speaking, great. think about it this way. Would you rather have a pilot that had six hours of training or 900 hours of training? Exactly, Probably the 900. Probably the 900, yeah. Exactly. Same thing with, like, riding in a car, like, you know? I've only been driving for six whole hours. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, I'm not getting in the fucking car with you. Yes. 
out of yeah that's incredible to think about that so although a police officer may be able to assess the situation in a fair way, it doesn't take place of actual treatment for care with individuals that are suffering with mental health crises, um, especially for long term. Police officers have actually, since day one of their training, told to respond to threats. They're trained to use force like pepper spray, tasers, and guns to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. That is, it is completely integrated into them that in almost every situation they walk into is a threatening one. Yes. That's what they're trained for. You have to be on guard with that when you're a police officer, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, but could you imagine uh, walking into a psychiatrist's office and literally all a psychiatrist has been trained to do is be combative yeah. or feel like they're being threatened? Yeah. Do you think that you would get any help? No. Probably not. Definitely not. Yeah, probably not. So we've all seen videos. Situations like this can escalate very quickly. Shouting and chaos is often a part of these interactions. And if you're on the schizophrenic spectrum, for example, can you Mm -hmm. imagine how that must feel? Oh, it's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. You don't know what's going on. All of those thoughts and invasive thoughts that you've had in your head about being paranoid or any of that other stuff, and it's manifesting in front of you, could you imagine? Like, your brain would want to shut down. Yeah. You don't know what to do. You are in survival mode. Yeah. So that up against an entire fleet of officers that have guns. Yeah. Not going to end well. I saw this one video the other day on TikTok, now that you brought that up, mm-hmm. of this this um, man, this young man that was uh, very clearly suicidal. Mm-hmm. And the cops, while they were trying to talk him down, had their guns drawn. Yeah. And not blaming them at all. That's mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. And unfortunately, it ended with the per- the person being killed by these officers yeah. because he pulled out what could have been presumed to be a weapon out of his pocket mm-hmm. and pointed it towards them. And yeah. I mean, what but are you, what are you trying to do? You're, you're also you're trained to save your own life. If it's me or you, it's, it's you. Well, I you mean, know? that's the thing is that you're ha- you now have two individuals that both think that their lives are at risk. Yeah. You know, because you don't know how to react and exactly. you don't know what's happening to you. And, but neither does that officer. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. It's pr- it's really unfair. So officers, again, are trained over and over again to consider each call that has the potential to be dangerous. They think that each call might hold a dangerous situation. And in these cases, I feel like it lacks compassion and understanding that needs to occur in order to accurately assess a situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, the only thing that they're trained to do is have kind of a knee-jerk reaction type response. And, you know, this is even when mental health crises are happening. I feel like even the officers and or any law enforcement that is trained to do the negotiation Mm -hmm. is still not as qualified as, I mean, they're not as qualified as a psychiatrist Psychiatrist. that has a doctorate degree or even a master's degree. Yes. You know, you may, be, you may be trained in negotiation, but that doesn't mean that you're trained in mental health. Right, exactly. You know? But my whole point in starting with that when we talk about police officers is because, again, not only are they the front line for some mental health crises situations, um, it's also the beginning of the criminalized system yeah. that will happen. So a criminalized cycle may look something like this. I, for whatever reason, beyond my control due to my mental illness or a brain injury, perhaps, leads me to living on the streets, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot maintain a job. Um, I'm living on the streets. So, I am then arrested, maybe for trespassing, disorderly conduct, maybe littering. Most oftentimes, it's for things like public urination, Mm -hmm. where you do not have a bathroom to go to. Um, So, again, I am arrested, Um, 
my position probably comes from not having any type of care again, you know, and that's what led me to develop a condition. Um, I might not even have support or resources any longer. Um, say I moved and I went to a different city and I am, you know, not speaking with my family or anything like that, right? So, so all this stuff happens. I'm arrested. Um, so now, due to my mental state and lack of access to treatment, um, I'm probably not able to participate in my own defense, right? Which is something that we talked about with the George Banks case. Mm -hmm. So I can't participate in my own defense. And it's a legal term which is called aid and assist in my own defense. I'm probably not even understanding of the charges. Alexander Ranwell, same thing. So in the case that I am found that I cannot participate in my own defense, I am then put into a holding cell for a few weeks, maybe a month, maybe months at a time, until I can be evaluated. Mm -hmm. So now, I again, you're incompetent to stand trial. You must go into this holding cell until we can find someone to evaluate you, right? Unless it's Sunday. Unless it's Sunday, yeah. Because, you know, yeah. Mental health skips Sundays. <laughs> yeah. So this is taking a while. And again, um, I am being monitored, probably, but I'm still not receiving any treatment because they haven't evaluated me to see if I actually need treatment. So if I am receiving treatment, I am probably being charged for it. Not going to lie. <laughs> In America. <laughs> yeah. So without insurance, uh, you know, of course, which is likely because I'm a transient person. Um, so I'm then evaluated after some time. I am then sent to a hospital for treatment, again, for months and sometimes even years. And again, I have yet to go through that criminal yeah. system. So finally, I'm getting the basic health care that I should have been receiving from the beginning. And again, I don't have insurance. So how long does that actually last? Yeah. They usually are just like band-aids. They'll get you good on some meds for a while. You seem like you're competent enough. Now we're going to go to trial. Okay. So then um, we go to trial and then I'm either found guilty or charged or whatever, probably fined at least for something like littering, loitering, mm -hmm. public urination, whatever, something I can't afford. Okay. I couldn't even afford healthcare. So now I'm back on the streets. So I'm back on the streets, quitting my, my mental illness, illness, <laughs> My quitting my medication, cold turkey, because I don't have access to healthcare. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think happens when I repeat this process over and over again? How long do you think my record is? Yeah. How do you think I'm going to get a job? Like, how do you think I'm going to afford these fines? It's it's a constant cycle. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it can only happen once. If it happens once, it's going to happen again. Then I have a warrant out for my arrest because I couldn't pay my fine. You know, yeah. I'm still living on the streets. I'm, I don't have access to any medication that I need. It's just a giant cycle over and over and over mm -hmm. again. No, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's, I'll be, I'll be completely honest, like, listening to you even going through that, I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, but there's not a yeah, but. It's like, it, it it's very true, and it's not something that you can just see and just no, like, it, you have to really break it down and understand how all of that works and how easy it is for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very unfortunate. I mean, I am a really strong believer in the fact that everybody should have access to health care, especially mental health care, for free. Yes. Uh, why we don't? <clears throat> for more people to make more money? I don't know. But that's, I mean, it's, it's honestly just baffling. Like, I'm at a loss. It's... I'm... I appreciate the fact that you brought up money because uh, I do have one statistic here. It is from the Oregon State Hospital located in Salem, Oregon. For one year's worth of treatment, it is $240,000 a year. For mental health treatment? For mental health treatment at the State of Oregon Hospital in Salem, Oregon. 
I don't think I've ever even seen that much money in my life. (laughs) Right. It's actually more than half of the overall budget allotted to the entire state to assist people struggling with mental issues. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. So, if I could afford that, 240000 a year... stop mental illness. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I could afford that, that's more than half of the state's budget for all people. Yeah. To be able to use these, quote-unquote, you know... Resources. Resources. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Ugh. Um, so the average person, again, who needs this treatment is expected to pay this. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. It basically means that two people could access the type of care, that type of care for one year for this overall state's budget. Yeah. If they were to qualify to pay for nothing. Only two people. Yeah. It's costly and it isn't working. So people need a chance to be able to get on their feet and access to mental care can help people with basic needs like housing or job opportunities. That's like the two most requested things that you could ever want, like a job opportunity in order to make some money and a roof over their heads. Mm -hmm. And it does wonders for people that are actually suffering with mental, mental illnesses. Yeah. Well, I think one of the big stigmas um, when it comes to transient people, especially ones that are suffering, suffering from mental illness is that you have a bunch of people that lean towards the side of, well, they don't want to get help. Well, they don't... It's not that they don't want to get help. It's that they don't understand... Sometimes they don't even understand that they need help, you know? Or it's not that they don't want to get help, but they've tried and been shut down at every fucking turn. Yeah. So, like... Go to the emergency room or uh, it's Sunday. (laughs) Andre Thomas and Alexander Lewis. Like, if you haven't listened to those two cases, please go back and listen because that'll show you how skewed the system is yeah a breakdown of the system for sure so again redirecting money into actual programs that support the community for the long term instead of state governed hospitals that only treat symptoms of mental illness um and of course they just it's like catch and release it's like once you're fixed you're out the door no yeah and that's what i quote unquote fixed yeah that's what i think about um when there's like a suicide like a self-harm hold mm-hmm. or you know 72 hours oh you'll be yep yippy skippy after 72 hours yeah. you'll all just you be need fine. is some rest and yeah. morphine like and morphine. no but seriously it's like yeah. it, that sounds silly but it's ser- okay you just sit here until you no longer feel like shit and then once you don't feel like shit there you go it's yeah. not my problem anymore if you have if you're suffering from a bipolar disorder type one or type two especially type one mm-hmm you don't feel like shit that often. Yeah. You feel like shit for a few days and then you're back on your and feet again. Fine. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that when somebody that is suffering with bipolar disorder, again, type one or two, mm-hmm. is happy, then they're they're fixed, they're cured. Yeah. No, that's actually a symptom of it. it. Is. <laughs> and it especially is. in type one, that's the most, that's the biggest symptom of mm-hmm. it. So it's, uh, it's just like, it, yes, okay, you can go through all the schooling that you want to become, uh, you know, get your doctorate, but I strongly believe that everybody should have at least intro to psychology, even abnormal psychology. Yeah. I think I learned the most in abnormal psychology than Same. any other class that I took in college. Yeah. That I like class, social psychology, but that's yeah, just yeah. I like to people watch. But the <laughs> diagnoses, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you are a nurse and you have taken one abnormal psychology course, you are you know more than a lot of people that are in the medical yeah, field. And I'm not sure. trying to be harsh by saying that. They know a lot, but just not about mental illness. Yes. Yeah. And that can truly save somebody's life. If somebody comes in on a 72-hour hold, you can s- evaluate, at least speculate on what they may be suffering from. That's 
it's an outlet to or help somebody. if they're even suffering. Exactly. And, like, you say, like, I don't know exactly what this is, but it is abnormal. Yes. You know? Exactly. In 44 states, jails and prisons hold more mentally ill people than actual psychiatric state hospitals. Of course they do. That's so sad. Well, America has the most, the highest incarceration rate of any country. Yeah. And, and in 44 For states, no reason. they're more likely to have a mental illness than they are not. Yeah. And actually, it's majority of people that are in prison in America today, like the highest percent is mental illness and drug, drug charges. Mm-hmm. And statistically, people who suffer from mental illnesses are actually more likely to become a victim of violence than to have violent tendencies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is also very sad. Yeah. So again, we just need to refocus our attention. That's what I think. Um, spread the money and especially awareness into communities in order to actually help people. Um, honestly, the criminalization of mental health is, it's irresponsible, like, mm-hmm. to, yeah. in my opinion. When it's something that can be prevented just by doing some either personal research or, Mm -hmm. like, having that resource out there. Even if you're not the one that's suffering with mental illness, at least have that resource out there for people who want to help people with mental illness. Like, just overall awareness can help, like, a lot. Yeah, that's that's really compelling. Even, I mean, it's... it's, And when you put it all together and you lay it all out like that, like, it's just baffling it like, is it really is it yeah. makes my like stomach hurt again like i said at the very beginning you know having a mental illness is not a crime why do we call 911 yeah. there's no crime being committed because somebody thinks that there's something abnormal going on you call 911 yeah. police officers are only trained to see threats yeah that's it and i understand that a lot of police officers want to do good in their communities but how how do you walk into a situation that is occurring with someone who is suffering from a mental illness with your dukes up. Like, how do you do that? You That's know? what they're trying to do. Yeah. That's what, there should be another, I mean, there is, but it should be widely known that there's another resource to call mm-hmm. if someone is having a mental health crisis. Yeah. And those people can come out and actually assist the person in crisis mm-hmm. rather than question or try to, you know. Or make quick second decisions, like, in that moment. So there is a couple of numbers uh, that I'd like to mention just in case you are in a, find yourself in a situation where somebody is having a mental health crisis. Um, I think these numbers are, are national. So there's one, uh, avoid a mental health crisis at 844-274-6154. And there's also a 24-7 teen crisis line at 800-989-6884. Mm. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you're in a crisis or somebody that you know is in a crisis, I highly believe that, that those numbers will be more helpful than calling 911. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, definitely use your resources. I just, that was a quick Google search and I found that. Um, just use your resources if, if you have them. I mean, it's a privilege to have those, yeah. you know, and uh, don't ever take for granted if you have, <laughs> you know, mental health care or because some people don't. Some people don't have yeah. access to that. And unfortunately, it, it, it ruins their life. Yeah. And it. if you can, like, bounce something off of a neighbor or a friend or a family member, you know, and say, like, is this normal? Because a lot of times, like, we're, we always want to be the star in our own movie all yeah. the time. So it's like, we live our lives and we have all these, you know, things that we just assume are normal. But maybe if you feel like something is a little abnormal, share. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, go from there. Don't be quiet about it. Talk to people. People yes. will. People are more willing to listen than you think they are. True. <laughs> I I feel like I'm annoying people all the time too. I'm like, have you seen hey, that? Uh, do you have space? Uh, have you seen that awkward silence campaign? 
No. Oh, it's cracking me up right now. Because, I, well, I saw Markiplier was in it, so I was like, oh, Markiplier? But it's like, uh, that, it's like, sees the awkward, I think is what it's called. And it's that awkward moment right before you're like, so, is everything okay with you? And yeah. And so it's like a lot of, like, YouTube influencers that are, like, standing there and they're like, mm, and then, like, because the next person is like, ooh, <laughs> it's like, oh. Word. But it's like, you know, once you get the, once you open up that gate. Rip you the band-aid. Rip the band-aid. Have a conversation. <laughs> As oh, always, wait. we do put um, a na- the National Suicide Hotline and the Trevor Project line in mm-hmm. our show notes on every episode. So if you ever need access to those numbers, they're right there in the show notes. Uh, while you are waiting for a new episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Diagnosing a Killer. We do have Twitter at Killer Diagnosis. Diagnosing a killer at gmail.com and we got a new Patreon this week. Woo! And you can donate to the Patreon if you'd like. Patreon.com slash diagnosing a killer. Anything else? No. Okay. Stay healthy, stay great, stay beautiful. All right. <laughs> Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye.